Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I am your host, Ryan Winder. And remember, what's happening in Vegas is not staying in Vegas, as I bring you helpful tips and all sorts of topic areas, with a Vegas twist of course. So let's get the show started. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's good to have you back in for another episode. I've got a great show for you today with an amazing guest. Anita Monadu is going to join the show. Uh, but before I get to that, I just want to check in. Hopefully everybody's doing well. And a couple of housekeeping things as well. Uh, if you've not joined my Facebook group page, please go and do that for the Vegas Therapist. As well as hopefully you've had a chance uh, to sign up and to do the 14 day marriage challenge. Um, if you want a link for that, you can go to Facebook and get that or my webpage, ryanwinder.com. Uh, there's a link to that off of there. So again, the 14 day better, better marriage challenge is doing great. It's really got something for anybody, whether your marriage is doing well or not so well, uh, or kind of in between, uh, there's some great things in there for you and your partner. Uh, so please take the challenge and, um, thinking about doing a contest with that, but, uh, I'll have the details ironed out for that for the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, also too, if you have any questions or want to get in contact with me or do any kind of therapy or coaching with me, just hit me up at my email, ryanwinder at gmail.com, uh, or you can message me on Facebook, whichever is easier for you. Uh, now today's show, uh, Anita is going to be my guest. She is a therapist in Vegas. Um, we are colleagues. She's been somebody that I've been a supervisor of, but I feel very fortunate to do that as she is a very educated and well-trained therapist who's got a lot of insight and is very much an entrepreneur as well. Like myself, she likes to do speaking engagements and just, um, expand herself and just does a lot of different things. And so she's, uh, she's got a lot of knowledge and understanding, like I said, and is a great therapist. Um, so I'm happy to have her on the show. We're going to be talking about something that I think is applicable for everybody about sharing your story, but more importantly, uh, the impact that sharing our story can have on reducing our shame and being able to help us to live a shameless life. And in fact, she's going to be sharing her five-step process that she utilizes with clients and how they can, um, and how we can live a shame-free life. So really excited for that. Looking forward to having a conversation with her and for all the stuff that's going to come out of that. So sit back and enjoy. All right. At this time, I would like to welcome in my guest, Anita Mamodu, um, who I know personally. She's a colleague of mine, and I'm really excited to have her on the show. So welcome, Anita. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. All right. So for my listeners, uh, Anita, if you could just kind of introduce yourself a little bit, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what you do in the field of therapy. And uh, yeah, just give us a little bit of a, a, a brief history there. Yeah. So I like to introduce myself and tell people that what I do is I travel the world, gathering communities, demolishing shame and uplifting experiences. So during the day, I'm a clinical professional counselor intern. 
Mm -hmm. And um, I work specifically with those who have experienced an infant loss, are pregnant after a loss, or they are pregnant currently and having some troubles with their mental health or in postpartum and trying to juggle this new identity that they're going through. Okay. Wow. It's it's definitely some interesting stuff. And I will say, even though Anita used the term intern. She's definitely not an intern in her knowledge or understanding. She's great. And uh, I just actually happen to be her supervisor in the field, but um, she teaches me stuff all the time and is great addition to our our supervision. And uh, she rescues me a lot, especially when it comes to kid questions. So, oh, yeah. (laughs) Kids were my specialty in the past. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and a little inside joke, she rescues me from Linda a lot. So that's <laughs> that's true. Anyway, anyway. So um all right, but again, that was an inside joke. So uh, but uh all right, so today I brought Anita on because she recently spoke at was it a conference for what was the conference you spoke at? Yeah, so I spoke at a conference. It was for therapists. And at this conference, I spoke about the power of sharing your story. Mm-hmm. It's something that I found very big within the community that I serve and how shame stops us from being able to do a lot of things, specifically stops us from getting help we need. It stops us from talking to other people and different things in that manner. So mm-hmm. What I did at this conference is I took them through my five-step process of living a shameless life okay. and how you go about it. And it's not important to share your story to somebody else. The message behind my presentation and what I do is it's more important for you to be able to share your story with yourself first. Hmm. Yeah. When, when uh, I got kind of like the, the outline for what you we're going to talk about today um that's something that stood out and it i mean didn't really think about that part of it but just the importance of being able to start with that like sharing your story with yourself almost as a sense of like because i think a lot of people potentially maybe they even have like said like a hard time accepting that that's a part of their story or that that's kind of like you know whether they've had some kind of abuse or whatever it might be that just like kind of being like okay with the fact that okay this is my story this is kind of what it is and and just acknowledging that to themselves so what's your like do you have them do something specifically when it comes to starting that or is that part of the five-step process is that number one or is or within that five steps is it kind of like you're building up to being able to share your story with yourself yeah so within the five steps so the framework is shame So Mm -hmm. you single out, you have your homework of what was the lesson learned, you affirm, then you um, specifically go into your mindset and manifest who it is you want to be. And then we embody who this new person is. So what it is, is I take them, I have this activity that I do in which we detach yourself from the story by drawing a picture Mm -hmm. and you become that, that image that you identify in this picture. So then I ask you, I say, okay, well, now you're this person that you just named. I mm-hmm. want you to now write your story, but in this third person view. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when we say, okay, it's me, I can't, I'm too embarrassed to do it. I'm too shameful, but I'm not t- asking you to tell your story. I'm asking you to tell 
say you drew a picture and you named it as Todd. What is mm-hmm. Todd's story? I mm-hmm. want to know Todd's story. Tell me everything that happened to Todd. Okay. And they're able to sit there and work through, okay, this is what happened to Todd, which is great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what did Todd learn from this? Mm. And I think for a lot of people, that's a hard thing for them to be able to sit with because they just hold the shame and just feel like this is a shameful thing. Right. But that's not necessarily true. There's something you learned. There's something that changed within you for you to be who you are today, sitting in front of me. If it's in my therapy office or sitting in front of me in this crowd, there's something you learned from that experience. Mm -hmm. So we take whatever you learned and we then change that into your values. Okay. So you're kind of building that with them, like the values part or whatever, mm-hmm. kind of like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So re- one quick question, just for people, maybe kind of jumped into this a little bit, like, but just the notion of like, when, like you said, I mean, this is, this process is about like people being able to share their story and kind of set, like get like lessen the shame that they have attached to their story, whatever that story is. Yes. And so when you said like earlier about kind of detaching yourself from the story, it's that, I, I, you know, again, just for people to understand, that's more of a sense of like, for them to be able to kind of a, at first, like not see them in that place. So it kind of gives them a little bit, maybe more of a comfortable no- notion of like, okay, I can kind of like tell this story without being me that's doing that um, or me that's experiencing that as a way of just kind of like getting more comfortable with it, I'm assuming, right? Like that they can kind of have a little bit of separation there to sort of just see it for what it is without feeling the shame, without kind of like taking on any kind of like belief about themselves as a result of whatever happened, but just kind of seeing it more in a neutral state. Is that sort of like the, 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 the reasoning for that? Yeah, that's exactly the reasoning. Because for instance, when we see new clients in the therapy, we can be working with them for a while and thinking, okay, we're getting to a place where we can maybe discharge or move on, but our clients have been holding on to the shame for so long. And then all of a sudden they drop it on us five minutes before we're ending. And we're like, wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. Where did this come from? Right. All this time we've been working together. So yeah, yeah. it's to help them detach from it completely. So they mm-hmm. feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable at a whole nother level of saying, okay, yeah, I've been holding on for this, to this specific thing for so long, Mm -hmm. but no, this didn't happen to me. This happened to Todd instead. Right. Right. Okay. That's, yeah. I think that's, that's definitely, I mean, good and maybe helps people to kind of understand that, that a little bit better as far as like just that whole process. So, so like this maybe, and we should have maybe done this from the start, unless if you're okay with it, like if you were to just say outline like the five step, like is values one of the pro- the steps in the process then? Is that like the second thing? Or are we like, where yes. are we at? Is that the- So the... values is under the second step homework. Okay. And it's so the part... first first step was like then just doing the story part, like doing that yep. initial kind of t- t- detachment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first part of singling out is it identifying that shameful event that okay. has a hold on you. Okay, so the shameful event that has a hold is kind of the first one. Then the second is values. Yep. Okay. We All figure right. out what we learned and we turn that into, okay, this is my values. Okay. All right. Anything else that you would do with people there specifically, or just kind of like, that's the big thing, just kind of what they learn. And then how does that help them be something, I guess, or 
yeah. So what value your lesson learned and then mm-hmm. from your lesson learned, okay, what values did that create? Okay. So who are you? What things do you live up to or have changed based on this specific event? Right. Okay. Okay. So then from there, I say, great, we have our values. So now we're going to turn it into your affirmation. Okay. And that would be the third step then is the affirmation part. That's the third step affirmation. And everybody looks at me like, what do you mean affirmation? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, everybody has these values that they claim they have, but Mm -hmm. in your day to day, are you doing anything to work towards those values? Yeah. So let's turn your values into your affirmation. So what would be an example then for people like that maybe have a trouble kind of conceptualizing a value? Like what would you, like, what's a value that people might have as a result of the shameful yeah um so an example from a client in the past is they told me they value safety okay i said okay that's that's a great one Mm -hmm. so your affirmation what affirmation would you come from that they weren't able to tell me an affirmation i was like i am safe yeah i'm safe right yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay you just take it if you value safety you can in most values you can just put the word i am in Mm -hmm. front of it yeah and then once they have this affirmation and their value i say okay well how can you go about this in your Mm day-to-day if you value safety if your affirmation is for you to feel like i am safe Mm -hmm. what is it that you need to do or what is it that you need to have in order to feel safe right okay So then from there, we go on to the fourth step, which is your mindset and manifestation. And it goes back to this um, be, do, have model. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of the times we say, well, I have to have this in order to do this, in order to be this. Mm-hmm. And that keeps us stagnant and not really moving in whatever direction it is we want to do. So I have them sit and think, well, Once you are this shameless person, once the shame is not having a hold of you, Mm -hmm. who is that person? Like, what is it that they wear? What is it that they do? What is it that they have? Mm -hmm. And what can we do today for you to embody this shameless person? Mm -hmm. So you can start being that person. Yeah, shame may still have this hold on you currently, but it's not going to forever. Right. So if we start embodying who that person is that we think we could be without the shame, the moment we start embodying and doing the things and being that person, shame doesn't have a hold on us anymore. Right. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's what takes us to the last step of embodying. Okay. So five is embodying. Mm -hmm. And that's just like... Well, I'll let you say what that is, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So embody is that last step where pretty much you're living the shameless life. You've Mm -hmm. taken in this person who for a long time, you said, this is who I could be if this didn't happen, or I didn't carry the shame. Mm -hmm. You've left the shame aside and seen that whatever it is that you have identified as this shame doesn't have this power anymore because you can be this person that you want to be Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And then in this embodying it, it's okay, well now, what kind of help is it that you need? Do you need to go see a therapist? Do you need to go see a life coach? Do you need to go talk to somebody else or speak to other people who have experienced the same thing you've experienced? You've now been able to separate yourself from your shame and become vulnerable with your own self. Mm-hmm. Now open the door to be able to get whatever it is that you need to get to help you mm-hmm. to continue living in that shameless life. Right. Okay. So like in your work with people in, in this process or whatever, I mean, just, and I know everybody's different, but just like, so people can have, maybe have an understanding of things. It's like that five-step process, like what, I mean, what would that seem like it would take a person to kind of work through that process? Like in, in terms of doing that, like just those five steps, is it usually pretty lengthy or is that usually pretty like short as far as like getting them through that, just the five steps, which I have some thoughts about the aftermath of that, but like, what's mm-hmm. the, what's the initial process there do you th- usually? So I think it really depends on what specifically the shame is and how, mm-hmm much of a hold that shame has on them moving forward and things like that in life. Yeah. It could be. And one thing I have found is you can still take this same um, five-step process and put mm-hmm. it towards multiple different things that come about. Yeah. So sometimes the hardest thing is the singling out the first step because they sometimes want to take a huge picture of something, mm-hmm. but I'm not expecting you to take something huge and be able to get to embody this new you. It can Mm -hmm. be done, but this huge thing you're trying to do has so many complex layers to it that you kind of need to look at one piece at a time. Right, yeah. So when you say that, like the notion of like, like that first step, like in the singling out where they're trying to kind of see themselves or see themselves outside of that and kind of like a new person. So what does that look like? I mean, singling them out. Like, so again, going back to the picture that they draw, they're trying to draw a picture of a person that's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'll let you explain. Oh, no, that. you're good. So yeah. the picture, it's really not them drawing a picture. What mm-hmm. I do is you're given a pen and paper mm-hmm. and I tell you that your pen has to stay on that paper. It cannot come off at all until I tell you to stop. Oh. So you can draw scribbles, you can try and draw something, but that pen does not come off that picture, off that mm-hmm. paper. And when I say stop, you have whatever it is you have. Sometimes people have like these immaculate pictures. I'm like, wow. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just scribbles on a paper. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, okay, now look at what you've drawn and find something that sticks out to you. Just okay. one thing. Okay. And then from there, they find that one little thing. And I'm like, okay, well, that thing is you. Oh, okay. So Mm -hmm. in the therapy office, I do this with all my clients when they first come in. Mm -hmm. I say, okay, this is going to sound weird, but I'm giving you a paper and pen and I want you to draw Mm -hmm. before we get into anything else. And the whole time we're sitting during the intake, you're not telling me about yourself. You're telling me about whoever or whatever it is you've drawn. Mm -hmm. So it's your story in third person. So you're okay. able to be a lot more vulnerable and things like that. Okay. Now, yeah. when I do it in speaking, I can't sit there for each individual right. person. Right. <laughs> so right. I say, you know, just tell me a story, write mm-hmm. a story, not tell me. They have to write it because yeah. I don't want the story out loud. Um, right. Write your right. story 
on your paper and it could be whatever story it is that you want mm -hmm. it's really giving it back to you and saying what is it that you want to write where is it yeah. that you want to go right I'm not pushing you in a direction you don't want to be pushed in i'm just mm -hmm. giving you these steps and you can go back and take these steps and apply it to other areas and which may be a lot bigger than what you're ready to talk about right now yeah yeah okay so in some sense like the notion of therapy like sort you're still trying to meet them maybe where they're at right like you know because mm -hmm. they might be ready for something smaller and then it kind of working themselves up and yeah. to something something bigger whatever type thing so okay that's good so the other thing i think of in this exercise as far as like especially when you get to step five and you're kind of embodying this sort of living this shameless life um, I know in your stuff, you've mentioned Brene Brown and, and, and I think she obviously does a lot of good work with shame and kind of understanding it. Yeah. But one of her things that she talks about is shame resilience, which is this notion that, that, I mean, for me, I, the way I kind of explain it to people is just more like the reason that the resilience aspect is there is because it's not that shame necessarily completely goes away, but that we just get better at being able to manage it and not have it have the same impact in our life. And so do you find that people are able to kind of embrace that? Or does that seem like, I mean, because even when you're embodying living the shameless life, it's not that you're going to not have triggers or things that kind of maybe try to trip you up. It's just that you're better at basically, you know, being able to address it, see it for what it is and not let it kind of you know, yeah, I guess trip you up, right? True. Um, and I feel like I've used it in so many different aspects with the clients I work with. I've even used it with military personnel because mm -hmm. I also work with them sometimes. And what I've seen is, is exactly what you said. We're not going to technically have a shameless life as in we won't have those triggers. Mm -hmm. There will always be triggers that will rebring something up to you, but it's not going to be able to affect you or have the same hold on you as it did prior to you going through these steps. It's almost mm -hmm. like EMDR, right? We go yeah. through these things, the trauma is not going to change, but the emotions attached to it are going to change. Right, right. So my sense of feeling not good enough or my feeling of like, like some kind of situation that I have shame over defining me. It's like, it's like lessening that and being able to see that I can still have value or purpose or whatever it is outside of whatever that shame's told me that I am or that I'm not or whatever type of thing. And so I think it's just getting people to kind of see that sense of freedom from that. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. being able to, like said, kind of embrace a sense of like, I don't have to be behooven to this shame filled life that says hey you're not good enough or that says hey you know that sexual abuse is who you are or that whatever situation is who you are you know that you're able to kind of see yourself outside of that and experience life in a you know obviously a more fulfilling way right exactly and even to go back to Brene Brown what she says is shame is derived from being unspeakable mm -hmm. and just speaking words into it is taking back that power from mm -hmm. the shame and for you to be able to be like, okay, no, it had so much power because I was embarrassed. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not saying talk about it to anybody that you know. You don't have to do that, but you yeah. have to be able to talk about it to yourself. Yeah. And then from there, you know, just depending on what direction you want to go in, mm -hmm. I, 
And depending on what the shame is, I would also say maybe you may need some help, a therapist mm-hmm. or something else. But from there, it may be that you may be at a point where you may start speaking to other people about it. You may yeah. go to support groups. You may go to all these other places. But until you can sit there and tell yourself the story, mm-hmm. there's no way you're going to be able to share it with other people. And that's why it's called the power of sharing your story. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I was like, when you're saying that too, I also think about the, you know, like, um, and this may sound weird, but like Brene Brown says, you know, people have to earn the right to hear your story, but it's almost like you have to earn the right to hear your own story in a different way. Like where it's like, whether it's trusting yourself or seeing your, seeing that, you know, you can kind of take that story and be able to see it for something that again, maybe like you said, has value to it, something that has more a learning property to it and that you can again not let it be this overarching defining thing that kind of takes away any sense of feeling good enough or value in your life but yeah maybe you have to kind of do some work to sort that you have earned the right to hear your own story you know exactly. in, a, in a certain way right it's kind of you don't really think about that you think always kind of more outside of that like oh i have to be able to make sure i share my story with people that i trust which is important too but um, definitely taking it back to that idea that, you know, we have to earn the right to hear our own story too, you know, and be okay with that because we have to see ourselves without shame. Right. Yeah. That's kind of where it starts. Right. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, like I said, that's really kind of what caught my attention with, the, with this whole dynamic that you had kind of sent out and just kind of seeing that put in that way where, um, I don't know if I've ever really kind of given that much thought, but it really does start with ourselves. Um, one other question I kind of had too with the the process, like when you see people kind of get to step four and that mindset and manifestation, um, you know, it's like, what can we do today to kind of start being that shameless person? What does that look like for people? What have you noticed? There are some examples so people might get it. I know it's different. Like you said, it's going to be different for everybody, but what have you seen there kind of happen for people or things that they might do in that four step? So if I stick with the population I see the most, those Mm -hmm. um, in the birth world, um, what I found is if we speak about loss, Mm -hmm. right, that's one thing that there's a lot of shame about and it's not spoken about, but Mm -hmm. a lot of people experience it. Yeah. So when we get to that fourth step of your mindset and your manifestation is, okay, you've created your values. We know who you are. You've created these affirmations. Who is it that you want to be? Mm -hmm. That future person. And a lot of times I hear from those who I work with is, I want to be able to talk about this more. Mm -hmm. And they want to help change their mindset in a way that they're able to speak about it more to those around them Mm -hmm. or you know, maybe one day be able to get on a stage and talk to other people about it. But just so that for them, they want to manifest the, a time or a place where this becomes something that doesn't have that much of a stigma and everybody's able to talk about it, especially since so many people experience it. It's just not talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's. So I throw one at you if you kind of think that this fits in that same realm too. It's a different, maybe different kind of type of demographic but I was thinking about this as you were talking it's like I have a client who's been through some difficult challenges and we've worked a lot on shame and 
And one of the things that he's always kind of wanted to work towards, but again, it's like this idea of like really being able to live life in that kind of shameless, without that shameless dynamic. Um, his goal has always been to get a tattoo that's reflective of, that's got some meaning to it and stuff for him, but it's also, it's also maybe a little bit taboo in the way that he was raised and different things like that. And so the idea of being able to embrace this, this thing and be able to kind of do something for himself that kind of reflects this idea of like, okay, I'm going to live a shameless life. This is something that I want to do for myself. This is something that has significance, almost like a, a turning the page type thing into a new type of life. Again, some symbolism there, but it's also kind of taking on a lot of the dynamics that, you know, maybe he would have like, I guess in previous life, he would have never done something like that because he would have been worried about the, what it would have done or what other people would have thought about it. And now it's like, Hey, this is a step towards that. Does that, does that seem like that fits with that? In that's, what you're, okay. that's exactly what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Now in that example, uh -huh. are people going to have things to say if he decides to do it? Probably. But yeah, at the end right. of the day, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself. Right. But I think, yeah, exactly. I think people, and that's the, that's the thing that you have to get to is that it's not that people still won't say stuff or still might not have a judgment about mm -hmm. it but you're in a place where you're trying to feel like okay but this is me embracing the shameless life i'm not going to take that on i'm not going to allow myself to feel that because i know that that's not you know something i should be doing or should be feeling that's just other people's stuff right you know so exactly but yeah okay so i mean there's definitely different varieties of ways that we can start to manifest that or kind of carry that out for ourselves but the, the important thing is, is that we're finding something that fits for us in that kind of like shameless life, right? You know, yeah. and, and being able to embody that in a way that that works for us and, and uh, doesn't allow us to continue to sort of be defined by that. So um, great. All right. So uh, besides the five steps, then that you kind of talked about, are there other aspects to sharing your story that that you feel is important for people to understand, or just kind of working through shame in general? Anything that you kind of would say would be helpful? Um, well, I think the five steps can actually be um, utilized in different aspects of your life to help combat different things. Yeah, mm -hmm. I created it for shame, but yeah, the more clients I see or more people I interact with and hear the things they're going through, it can be used in those aspects of their life as well. Mm -hmm. But I mean, once you get to that embody phase, I feel like that phase alone can take you to, for the rest of your life and mm -hmm. it can continue to change and evolve depending on what's going on in your life. And yeah. you may see that if you go back to your mindset and your mind, uh, manifestation and that you do have model you may see that okay yeah I feel like I'm great here but this area over here is not so good so who do I see going past this part and things like that so I think that yeah. last phase of embody is a continuous lifestyle um, changing and moving yeah. depending on what's thrown at you right well so speaking of that too, I just wanted to I actually go back to that be do have model because I think when I heard that from you originally, it was like it was again one of those kind of like profound things. But I think again, for people to kind of have a better understanding of that, it's like 
the starting point or the like kind of like the typical model is the have do be which is kind of like in a sense of of people tend to like in order for me to be happy i have to have a or b and then i can do this and then i can be this right like that's the yeah. that's is that kind of how you see it is like that's the that's what people typically kind of res, kind of fall into is mm-hmm. you know, for me to be happy i have to first blank yes. right okay. yes but you're saying you you try to shift that to the starting process is okay see. what do you want to be right yeah mm-hmm. and how do you see yourself being that way is that yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what do you have to do to be that? Yep. Or is that the, that's the do part, right? Mm-hmm. And so, then, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Go. So once you see what, if we go back to that AB equals C, okay. Uh-huh. C, what does C do? Who is C? What do they like? How do they dress? How do they, whatever? Okay. We know. So you're going to start being that person mm-hmm. as you start taking on that same mindset as that person that you want to be you start to do the things that that person does so that person mm-hmm. may not enjoy the activities that you currently do that's perfectly fine that just means you're going to shift it and go in a different direction of doing the things that this person that's living the shameless or anybody who wants to take the C result okay you mm-hmm. start doing the things that they do and mm-hmm. eventually as you keep changing and focusing and embodying these things you can start having the things that that c person has mm-hmm. okay so there's much more work in that one or at least upfront work right rather yeah. than just like <laughs> waiting for something to kind of come to you and then it's like okay then i'll be happy right once i get mm-hmm. to this certain place and i'll be happy it's like no you gotta kind of do some work in there to get to that that yeah. have so yeah mm-hmm. i think that's a good, uh, obviously, uh, shift for people to think. But I think the other thing with that, though, too, incorporating the shame is like recognizing that I think a lot of times people get stuck in that have to be dynamic because they're also battling the shame or the shame tells them they can't maybe have something because of that shame complex. And so I think even just like recognizing that, no, you can be whatever you want to be you know, and letting go of the shame will be a big part of that, mm-hmm. that you don't have to, or you can't have something because of shame. I think that's another aspect of, of letting go or seeing yourself outside of that. That's important as well, too. Exactly. Yeah. So great. Well, um, those are some really good things. I think that five-step process for people and helping them kind of to get to a place of being able to share their story, but, but really, you know, not only just sharing their story with themselves, but then being able to kind of see themselves move through to where they can embody a shameless life. I think those are some great things. And I really appreciate your, your insight into that and, and the work that you're doing with other people and just the work that you do in general um, is great. So thank you very much for coming on and for uh, sharing this with people. Thank you for having me. And honestly, if you want to talk about be, do, have, and manifestation, I actually wrote it down last year. I was like, I'm going to be on Ryan's podcast this year. It's going to happen. I'm not going to ask, but he's going to eventually be like, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? (laughs)
All right. Well, hey, I'm glad I could be a part of that. So one quick thing, and I'll put in the show notes, but how can people look you up if they're interested in something, you know, on your end or something that you do? What's a good way for people to get your contact? Yeah, you can either um, find me on my website, which is youdomom.com, which is my last name backwards, or you can find me on Instagram, youdomomhw, or you can also email me at hello at youdomom.com. Okay. You to mom. All right. Nice. Yes. I like that. Very catchy. Very catchy. Okay. Well, I would definitely recommend Anita in any way. If you're looking for different things that she's, a, you know, um, uh, an expert in, uh, she's got a lot of great insight and a lot of great tools. I mean, she is a master of a lot of things. You know, she does EMDR and is just, like I said, has a lot of great insight into um, her craft as a therapist. And so I definitely would recommend her as somebody to uh to trust and to if you're struggling with something uh, she's a valuable resource for that that i guess going through that journey or that healing with uh with if you're looking for somebody that 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 um you would want to trust so um anyway so uh, thanks again for coming on and uh and uh, we'll we'll talk soon <laughs> thanks for having me all right. I just want to thank Anita for coming in and joining the show for talking about some great things. I think it's a lot of value in what we talked about today. A lot of applicability for all of us to be able to try to live a more shame-free life and to really live to our potential, our best self. And uh, so hopefully you'll take those things in, in and apply them. And uh, if you need help doing that, contact myself or Anita as well going to leave her contact information in the show notes as well. Uh, so if there's something that you heard in her or feel like she can be a benefit to you for, uh, please reach out to her as well. And uh, again, hopefully we can take what we learned today and put that into practice and be able to move towards a shame-free life ourselves and to enjoy the freedom that that will bring to each and every one of us. This is The Vegas Therapist signing off. Until next time.